Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSB Magazine. You're listening to a new The Changemaking Podcast with Chloe Mestagi. Each episode will introduce an area of technology that needs work and highlight the changemakers working on it. Join Chloe and guests as they tap into their passion about equity and rights for all. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Welcome to another episode of the Changemaking Podcast on ITSP Magazine. I'm your host, Chloe Mustagi, and today with me, I have a wonderful guest, Zenet Kamal. She's a mother of four, an author, an associate class security engineer at Best Buy, and a co-director, brand, and social media volunteer for Black Girls in Cyber. Zenet, welcome, and thank you for being on here today. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Chloe. That's an awesome introduction. <laughs> so Zena, tell me, I, I I know you had a huge life pivot at 27, and I would love to hear about what happened in that moment and how and how that was the driving moment that shifted your career to enter cybersecurity. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. At 27, that's when, okay, so nine years ago, I moved here to the US, Minnesota um, from Ethiopia. Um, nine years ago, that was when I moved with my three year old son, now 12, and, and my husband um, to, to Minnesota. Um, I had a, a legal career and a law degree back home, Ethiopia. So when we had that opportunity to move here to the US, um, I've, I've always wanted to be in technology. I've always been fascinated by it, uh, you know, despite the fact that I didn't have the access um, back home. Like I didn't have that story of, you know, I got into tech because I had access to computers and I opened the parts and assembled it back. I always, those stories always fascinate me, but I didn't have that, but just, you know, the, the mere fascination just with technology and the ability to solve people's everyday human problems. And, and I thought, you know, when I, when I moved here, I thought, you know, it's a second chance where I choose to learn what I really want to do. Uh, it's not like I didn't enjoy law when I learned, but uh, back home, it's a different situation. Like you, you can't change majors. If you are on one track, you have to um, do, you know, the, the natural sciences track takes you to certain fields and you have limited um, set of fields that you can go to if you choose the social sciences track. So um, so I thought, you know, I would, I came here seven months pregnant with my second one. So as soon as I had her, I joined, you know, community college to study uh, computer programming. I don't know what I was thinking. I thought it would be a good idea. And they accepted me based on the placement tests that I started my major right away. And I think it was just a couple of months after, you know, our move and settling to a new country and continent um, that I started in computer programming. And then I, I, I don't know anything about computer, you know, cybersecurity at that point. So I uh, did my computer programming and then transferred to, again, I thought it's not enough. Uh, I mean, um, two years really flew by. So I, I transitioned to a four-year degree again to do computer science. So uh, yeah, that was like the short story of it, but it can go long <laughs> if you have any follow-up questions. So many follow-up questions. So 
Since you've entered cybersecurity, what have been some of the things that you've been really passionate about? Um, so I joined cybersecurity not too long ago. Um, I, you know, while, while I was doing my undergrad, um, the, the pivotal moment that had me get into the cybersecurity was that the, my participation into a cyber defense competition that was going on in school. Uh, that was the thing that kind of sort of introduced me to security and then just, you know, put that spark. Uh, so I, I, I was part of the team that represented the university to compete in that cyber defense competition. Um, and then, you know, the fact that like right now I have been into different roles since then, and it's not long ago, like I mentioned, it's been since 2018 that I have been, I work in a local government, state government before, you know, moving to uh, Best Buy recently as a cloud security engineer. But I think the fact that it's so evolving and that I'm a learner and I, I love the fact that, you know, things are not boring, that you, you I think those are some of the things that gets me intrigued, um, that positively challenges me because I get bored so easily. So I think uh, those are some of the things if I answer your question, right? <laughs> or if I, if I didn't miss no, it. No, absolutely. Um, so tell me about, I know that you came into this industry and you actually have a book on it too um, called like, Oh No, Hacked Again, the story about online safety. How did the idea come to your mind, the story? And what was the, the push that you got that this is something you wanted to do? I know self-publishing is a lot of work. Writing is a lot of work. So what, what drove that initiative? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Like you mentioned, self-publishing, you do everything on your own. And, and, and especially if you know nothing about, you know, writing a book or just publishing the whole idea. And if you just decide, oh, I have a story and I just need to publish, you know, and just teach yourself everything from scratch in the pandemic, just the situation of it. The way I wrote the books is that, you know, my kids were home, three of them, um, distance learning supported by the parents at home in three different classes. Uh, and then there is a, a toddler at that point, I think he was one year old, my youngest one. So I had this story and I thought, you know, let's write a book. And, and I had the first book before that in 2021 and the one that you mentioned, Oh No Hacked Again, that one got published this year, February of this year. And the thing that, you know, inspired me to write the book is um, the experiences of my kids really, you know, you never run out of inspirations when you're having four kids and, and they are adventurous. Like they got hacked playing these online games. Uh, I think more than one occasion, uh, two of my kids got hacked and then, you know, their experiences in the conversation that we have, the precautions that I used to tell them, it was just a narration of all of those things. And the idea behind is that, you know, if it's happening here, it, it's likely happening in another family too, because uh, these games that they play and they love are also played by kids in the neighbor, the cousins, uh, school kids, everybody else played it. And um, I think the risks are, you know, for everybody. And, uh, and, and I know that kids get targeted um, through the things that they love and one being online gaming. And I don't think we give enough emphasis in teaching kids 
the importance of online safety, uh, teaching them how to be, you know, securely secure their passwords, don't share it or use multi-factor authentication. Those are some of the things highlighted in the game. Uh, and so I used the characters, uh, my own kids as their characters. The illustrations are based off of them. They look like actually my kids. And uh, then their names too. I think it's important to see themselves represented in the literatures that they read as well. So one of the messages like teaching kids the importance of online safety through the stories that they can connect with, which is the gaming part, because everybody, whenever I go to read aloud to schools, whenever I, I, I get invited for author visits, I ask them about the games and everybody's so interested and they want to engage, they want to ask questions like how and, you know, it's so intriguing. So that's one aspect of it. And the other is, you know, we all know that, you know, cybersecurity isn't a very diverse industry. Uh, that's something I quickly learned, you know, as somebody who's an intern to the industry. So um, sparking interest for young readers that, you know, cybersecurity is also an exciting field that they can be, you know, aspire to be in the field of STEM or cybersecurity. Um, because that's one of the things highlighted in the book is that, you know, after the main character got hacked and her mom helped her, which is AKA it's supposed to be me, <laughs> in the book so she she felt the you know urge and you know inspiration to grow up and uh, be in that field so that she can be you know a cyber hero and cyber ninja just like her mom saved the day kind of situation so uh, yeah that was the whole you know in a nutshell the the, the inspiration and the the story of, of the book I absolutely love that. And I know that kids are always online these days as well. And, and trying to have the conversation about like how to stay safe. I know parents struggle and they don't know how to talk to their, their kids sometimes about that. Do you have any tips for parents um, when it comes to their, their kids and their online safety and how to go about that conversation or any exercises that you can think of that parents can do with their kids to make sure that they're safe online. Then the various, you know, chatting and voice chat apps that they're like, they're not, they're not very aware about those things and parents aren't as well included myself because we don't really, we're quick to give them the, the tablets and the gadgets, but I don't think we teach them enough how to be secure, how to be careful with their words, even, you know, like chatting and, you know, like kindness applies online too. like be careful, like whatever you're putting on the internet is there to stay forever. You know, it's going to affect you in life later on. And there are so many things that are, you know, touched on about how to protect yourself from online predators and, um, it's just, you know, scratching the surface. I mean, I think there's so many things that can be done. And I think uh, I'm happy that, you know, it's one of the things like just, just contributing a bit of it and just driving that conversation. And I think those these books are only meant to start those, you know, bigger conversations. Well, I'm, I'm hoping that every single listener here has heard there's this book out there that they should read with their kid called Oh No, Hacked Again, a story about online safety to be able to even start that conversation or just have a good conversation about it. And I know you wrote another book called Proud in the Hijab. Let's talk about that. What inspired you on that book in particular on, on writing that? And what, why should parents pick up this book for their kid or even adult people out there that like to read kids' books like myself? 
Yeah, I'm one of that too, like to watch kids' movies and kids' books. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I'm trying to make up the things that I missed when I was younger because I think I, I mentioned a lot on LinkedIn that I, I never owned a children's book growing up. So, you know, when I moved here to the U.S., one of the things that I always, to, you know, do is take my, you know, younger, younger kids to a nearby public library and read and just get fascinated by all of the children's book like how like it's not one or two it's like thousands of books and all the illustrations and everything fascinating how are they even producing this like it used to fascinate me a lot because I, I never had one of those books uh, growing up I mean until I get here and I mentioned I was 27 so I, I love reading those books um but yeah that that book was um that was the first one that got published in 2021 and that's the book that I practiced on how to self-publish to teach myself how to self-publish um, and, and it came out again in the midst of that pandemic uh, when you know I used to always get questions uh, from my kids about um, their hijab the headscarf that they wear to school or they asked me about their hair their braids um, and it, it, and it my 12 year old now my oldest one uh when he since he was kindergarten so he used to ask me like how come I don't have the same hair as my friend Henry you know he used to ask me those questions and I always said like everybody's created different beautiful you know like that kind of conversation so it's a story um about a young girl who, who's wearing a hijab who got sort of bullied because the kids didn't really understand the reason why she's wearing so they were having these assumptions or the things that we're hearing on the mainstream media about, you know, a lot of things that are going on in France and elsewhere about the, you know, the hijab ban. So it's a conversation about, you know, a, a kid who, a young girl who got sad about uh, what her classmates were talking about her hijab and their assumptions about why she's wearing it. Is it because she doesn't have hair? Or is it because her hair is dirty? Or is it because she's bald, you know? And then um, she needed to lean on her, her parents um, to learn and how to empower herself. So it's about empowering and uplifting girls who choose to wear hijab to be proud of themselves. And part of it is to create awareness because those assumptions usually I do believe that are coming from not knowing. So creating that awareness that, you know, it's important to appreciate other people's culture, appreciating diversity and inclusion um, and just a learning experience. And, and like you mentioned, like I've had people when I go to podcasts, it's people who read the book, the, the people and say that, oh, my God, I learned a lot from this. I mean, I thought it's a children's book, but I learned a lot of things that I didn't know because it's a multicultural type of book because uh, it talks about the Ethiopian cultural food it talks about Eid the holiday um, and and uh, some terms that are defined at the back of the book so I think I think it's important to teach um, a lot of things to the to kids about um, creating that awareness about what hijab is and when, why are uh, Muslim women wear that headscarf and just the importance of appreciating other people's faith and cultural differences before assuming or just believing what 
stereotypically is rotating on the media or what they might have negatively perceiving from from the community unfortunately so um that was the that was the 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 message of the book in a nutshell so both books uh, recently i think I think I announced it yesterday, um, are now translated in Spanish as well. So both books, Ono Hatagin and Proud in Her Hijab, are also available in Spanish, um, which is a joy for me to make it available for the children in another language so that it's more reachable for the wider, you know, um, readers. So, yeah. That's wonderful. I mean, it's one of those things that I know when entering like cybersecurity, or even like leaving the Bay Area, you know, we don't have as, I'm like in a bubble in a sense of having exposure to, you know, all different backgrounds. But then when you go in other places in the US, it, it can be very challenging because of these uh, biases that people have or stereotypes. Um, and it makes things very challenging. And, uh, you know, having books like the ones that you've written, it's incredibly helpful for people in our community. Um, and also people that are trying to join our community to make sure that they, you know, people are aware of differences and, you know, to be celebrated um, and to understand them with full open arms. Um, this leads me into, I know that you're, you're doing volunteer work for uh, Black Girls in Cyber. How did you come across them and like what made you sign up to volunteer and how's it going so far? Yeah, recently I, I did join the Black Girls in Cyber. Um, it's a it's a nonprofit organization founded by Talia Parker. She's amazing. Um, so it's um, the mission of the organization is you know increasing industry awareness and diversity in cybersecurity. Um, not only cybersecurity, I think STEM and and privacy. You know through uh, mentorship. Um, webinars and now conferences and just uh, community outreach um, and, and supporting, you know, the ongoing stream of um, uh, qualified women that can serve our communities in, in, in the cybersecurity role. So just increasing that diversity. Um, I, I, I reached out, I, I reached out to Talia. I think they were having open positions for volunteering. I was holding off for quite some time uh, because of the many things I'm doing. I have my grad school, the kids and work and the books. It was, I, I've always wanted to, to join early on, but I just didn't have the time. So I skeptically reached out um, and said, and just like, I, I would love to have you. So I did the interview and everything um, and joined so uh, it's going really well. The organization is really growing um, faster. Uh, that's, you know, we, we had a board meeting even yesterday, like it's really growing. And I think it's going to be very impactful for, you know, the programs that it's undertaking to train more women um, to be, you know, in the industry, to be ready through trainings and, and some planned uh, exciting things that are happening as well with the, you know, organization. So I think it's going really well. I'm trying to balance it uh, with the, um, you know, with the school and other things that I'm doing. I think it's really important to find, um, you know, your own tribe and support the community as much as you can. And I'm, I'm trying to do that. Um, yeah, so it's really going well. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite things about being in, you know, cybersecurity is that there's so many different communities in it. And one can 
always give back to the community, whether it's time, funds, but also to note like these communities exist so people don't feel alone or isolated for being different. Um, and it, it kudos to you for volunteering. I, I can't imagine what your caseload is like with school, kids, and uh, also job and everything and volunteering. But I definitely, it, I get a sense that you're very empowered and trying to make a difference. Yeah, I think very, it's very important. I think it gives you the confidence and um, just, just being part of the, this type of communities. It's so important. Like, um, uh, it's not only important to, to know the knowledge, but knowing how to use it and just um, being the force. Because I think I have benefited from that in the past. Like, I am a member of Empower Cybersecurity that was founded by Tia Hopkins. And it has tremendously helped me like in seeing people who look like me in those communities and just thriving and just getting inspired seeing that as well. So I think it's important to be um, that for other members of the community as well um, and just be inspired by, by them as well. So I hope to dedicate more time and do more work um, you know, as, as my school wraps up and just, just doing what we all can do what we can for sure. Absolutely. And so what are some of the changes you're hoping to see in cybersecurity? I know that you're fueled for change um, and you want to be part of that. And so I'm curious, what are, what are some of the changes that you hope to see in the near future? Yeah, I mean, we see we hear a lot of things when it comes to uh, challenges with recruiting. I see a lot of people who are going to school, hopeful to, to break into the industry, um, you know, because we're hearing that there is that gap uh, of we're looking for more professionals within the industry. And then there is another challenge on the other hand, also people having a hard time trying to break into the industry. So I think that I wish, you know, that the hiring process is more realistic to the people's experiences and just giving chance for people who try and, and passionate about the, you know, the, the getting into the industry and contributing. I wish like we, we say that, you know, everybody's needed, we need you, you know, the industry needs diverse perspectives but are we really offering that and I think um, that aspect of it always like about what like what seems to be the problem then if there is the need and then there are people who are already interested in getting and what is the gap between those two things and then the other aspect is like like the lack of diversity I mentioned it earlier like getting the percentage of women in cybersecurity to be you know an optimal number not 11% or 24%, but, you know, getting it a higher number. I think that's what I would like to see, making it diverse um, uh, and be accepting of everyone into, into the industry so that we would be, you know, able to collaborate to, to solve the, continue, the continued sophistication of the cyber crimes that we continue to face. So um, we shouldn't be dividing among ourselves, we should be uniting so that we can fight, you know, the good fight, which is against cyber criminals, not among ourselves. <laughs> Absolutely, 100% on that one. I, yeah. It's one of those things, it's, it's one of those statistics, like you mentioned, like, you know, there's some that say 11%, some say 24% are women in cybersecurity. And it's just, we have such a revolving door situation and, and it can get better and it's an easy fix, which is literally 
make space for people to exist in our industry and give them the tools and resources to exist. But for all of us to challenge our, you know, our biases and, and to do our best to become a better human being by understanding one another. And, and, you know, you're definitely on that in the front lines of that. And I'm, I'm incredibly thankful for that. And I know there's plenty of people that are too. Um, if there is anything that you wish that the listeners could do to help or support you on your mission to make a difference, uh, what would be your request? Mm, for me personally, <laughs> um, I don't know, check out my books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they have really great messages. Check out my books uh, and really get it to the, the people who really need it, which is the children and start those conversations um, and let them be inspired by, you know, getting into cybersecurity. I think that's how we can build the next generation of um cyber professionals so that we can build that security mindset and um yeah it support the self-published author <laughs> i think that's huge because it can be lonely sometimes because you do everything from coordinating uh, not only writing the story but like finding an editor and illustrator uh, formatter designer and just doing everything on your own so i think uh, getting that support means a lot that it would help you encourage you to do um similar things that would be beneficial to the next generation and if there's anyone that's listening that you know has leadership at a company and they kind of want to do say for example have have parents at the company to do a book reading with you how can they get in touch with you about doing such things yeah, I, I now have a website. Uh, thanks to my husband, he built me an awesome website. So uh, zainatkamal.com is my website and my books are all available on Amazon and you know um, other retailers, Barnes and Noble. Uh, but yeah, my website is zainatkamal.com and I'm currently also working on training to uh, <laughs> uh, be on a TEDx um, speaking. That's me trying to work and overcoming my public speaking <laughs> challenges. So um, also doing that one. So stay tuned for that. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, absolutely. And, and if anyone hasn't checked out, isn't there a recording of your first keynote speak about, I think the talk was called finding cybersecurity or practitioners path to success. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah, that's a sand stock that was held uh, back in March of this year. Um, it's a new to cyber uh, summit. Uh, SANS has an amazing <laughs> uh, summit and talks that they organize, you know, to keep the industry updated always. So, yeah, they gave me an opportunity to uh, do a keynote speaking and it's been a wonderful experience. And I shared my journey of uh, me coming from a different background, from law to cybersecurity to doing my graduate school now at Georgia Tech and the books and the challenges of how <laughs> not having a background in, you know, in technology and not having in math, you know, or I wish I thought I didn't have, I'm not, I wasn't good at math. So, and, and how I, I was able to succeed uh, breaking into the industry and the, just the whole journey of it. I spoke for 45 minutes alone. So uh, check it out. Yeah, it's on, on YouTube. Excellent. Well, I'll drop the link below for people to check out. And 
I have to ask the last question here. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is the last question um, for the podcast. And what is one thing that you wish that people knew about cybersecurity? And that could be about you yourself or any of the missions that you're a part of, or even just an everyday person. What is one fact that you wish people knew to make, and it would make life a little bit easier? Yeah, I think for, for me, I wish I had known about the industry sooner, <laughs> like sooner than 2017. That's when I found out. Um, but uh, people, I think, should know that cybersecurity isn't just the one thing. It's a broad industry. Um, it has so many domains that you can, like, it's really welcoming. Like, the field itself isn't restrictive like other industries, I would say, compared to other industries. Uh, because uh, I think if you're in a, I mean, the medical industry also has, you know, various sects to it where you can be, but cybersecurity has its own domains, whether you want to be in offensive or defensive part of security or, um, you know, forensics analysis, or just, it's just so many opportunities that you can explore and you do not have to be a coder. I, I have a computer science degree. I, I have a associate's degree in computer programming all you know learned from not having a single background in math or programming uh, but if I had known that I would be in cybersecurity maybe I would have chosen a different route to get to it but I'm glad that I have that experience uh, but you do not have to necessarily know how to code and if, even after you get into the industry and you're working in cybersecurity and should you need that there is always Google like you Google everything it's fine to learn on the job it's fine just give give yourself permission to be in the spaces that you want to be. Um, just don't say no to yourself because there are a lot of, the world says no a lot. <laughs> so don't say that to yourself at least and be your best advocate. Probably those advices are not called or asked for, but I'm giving them anyway. <laughs> oh no, I think, I think everyone wants to soak up advice like a sponge, you know, when we're first starting and even in the first few years, like always hearing advice, like there's still not a day, even I've been in the issue for, a, you know, a little bit over five years now, there's not a day that I'm not taking someone else's advice. I don't care how long they've been in the industry, even if they're not even in the industry, but breaking in, I'm listening and I'm taking it down in notes in my head. Cause I think that's the best way we learn is literally listening to one another. Exactly. And that's what I'm always doing, this learning and getting inspired and seeing and cheering other people succeed. That fills up my cup and makes me do the next great thing is that that's why I'm always present on LinkedIn. It's for my benefit to, to get inspired and learn and um, yeah, and, and contribute to the community in any way I can. So um, thank you so much. for yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Zina. And thank you for being on this podcast with me. Um, for anyone who is wondering about the book, once again, it's called Oh No, Hacked Again, a story about online safety by Zinet Kamal. And also don't forget there's Proud in the Hijab, which yeah. is another book, which yeah. I honestly, with my Middle Eastern background, I'm basically asking, maybe begging for people to read about read it. It is so necessary for our industry to learn about that. So thank you again, Zinat, and to everyone out there, I hope all is well, and I'll see you at the next episode.
hope you enjoyed this episode of the Change Making Podcast with Chloe Mestagi. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.